Hello everyone. Uh, haven't we been having some incredible teaching over the summer? Uh, I really want to encourage you, if you have time, to go back online and revisit some of those messages that our pastors have been bringing us. Uh, I've done that several times, and sometimes the second or even the third time of listening, uh, I've really felt these words have become part of me. The Bible says, let the word of God dwell in you richly. And if that's to happen sometimes, we have to take time to uh, uh, listen and hear God's word into our lives. You know, many years ago, when I was a young man, I, uh, boy actually, 15 years old, I um, joined the Salvation Army in East Finchley, just about 30 miles away. And uh, on the, after a few weeks, one day, the bandmaster came to me and he gave me a cornet and said, Nigel, I want to teach you how to play the cornet. Well, I practiced very hard on my scales and managed to knock out a few tunes, but it never really... Uh, happened for me. However, one thing I learned from that band master, sometimes at band practice, he would say to me, um, to knock his baton on the music stand, and he would say, listen, listen, everybody. He would say, the difference between making a noise and making music is playing together. Playing together. Today we're continuing our series on playing together and working together. Maybe um, I think Paul had that in mind when he spoke in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about the body of Christ, the body of Christ. I don't know if you have anything on your bucket list. Lots of people travel uh, many thousands of miles to see a mountain range or an ocean or the northern lights. They do all of that traveling without ever perhaps recognizing the sheer wonder of our bodies. When Paul speaks about the body of Christ, he wants us to think about how the body is meant to function together. And that's so important. You know, who you think Jesus is and what your Jesus is like will determine the kind of Christianity you live. If you believe Christianity is very individualistic, very personal, you'll often lead a very personal, individual-focused life. If you think Jesus came just to take us to heaven, you may live a very heaven-orientated life, planning and waiting until one day we get to heaven. But if you think that Jesus came because he loved the world, loved Luton, you'll live a prayer, a life in response to Jesus' prayer where he said, Lord, let your kingdom come on earth, on Luton, as it is in heaven. We'll want to see our life and society transformed by God's amazing grace. You know, your body is an amazing, amazing thing. My youngest daughter's having a baby in about three months' time. And we were talking recently about the little baby growing, how the little baby has fingernails and is all perfectly complete. You know, your fingernails grow four times faster than your toenails. Babies are born with 300 bones, 
although adults only have 206. Your eyelashes will last for 150 days. You make half a quart of spit each day. The smallest bone in your body is in your ears. When you sneeze, you blow out air 100 miles an hour. That's why we need to wear our face masks. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, Paul wrote about the body. Let me read it to you in verse 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body which seem to be weaker are indispensable. There should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. And if one part is honoured, every part rejoices. Now you are the body of Christ, LCF, and each one of you at LCF is part of it. So there should be no division in the body. I see three little things here that I just want to mention to you that Paul encourages us as we live out our life together. Firstly, he says, see the parts, not just the whole. He says, even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. We need to appreciate the variety the variety. Variety is essential. Uh, Dr. F. F. Bruce, he was a New Testament scholar from Manchester University, and he wrote a book on Paul's team. He describes how Paul probably had up to 60 people that travelled with him at various times. And he, he looked at that team, the characteristics of that team. There were people from different social classes. There were former slaves and people of great learning, doctors, medics. There were people from different racial groups, Greeks and Jews. There were people from uh, male and females. And so what Paul, what God is saying to us through that, and what F.F. Bruce reminded us, is that before ever Paul opened his mouth, the very mixture or the mosaic of the people that worked with him made a powerful impact. That's such an important thing. Many years ago, when I was a young minister in my early 30s, I remember starting to get invited to go and speak at a few conferences, and I'd made some overseas trips, and I, I, I think within me there was a little growing seed of, well, I'm doing well here, of perhaps pride. 
One occasion I was invited to go and speak at a conference and I arrived at the conference and walked in suitably attired and uh, I walked in and there in the lobby was a... Um, a, 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 a chap that was kind of, he had holes in his pullover, shabby shoes on, and I remember turning to him and just saying, good morning, I'm Nigel, I'm one of the speakers at the conference today, and uh, he turned to me and he said, oh Nigel, I'm so pleased to meet you, he said, I'm the Bishop of Pontefract. I was taken away, because actually I thought he was the gardener. You know, he was a beautiful man. And he spoke in the first session and he spoke so beautifully and powerfully and God really met me as he, as he ministered. In fact, in the break, I went to him and said, Bishop, I would like to not speak in this next session. I wonder if you would continue speaking because I believe your message we need to hear, your, your walk with Christ so closely. God really spoke to me through that. The other thing I saw in that conference behind me in the seating, there were two people who were quite, uh, quite loud. Uh, In the worship times, they were raising their hands and applauding and one of them had a tambourine and, uh, they were so celebratory. In fact, uh, I have to say, I thought once or twice they were a little bit over the top. The inevitable happened in the meeting when the the, visit, the, the the leader of the meeting said, I want you to turn and say hello to your neighbours and just greet them. And I remember turning round and shaking their hands, this couple, and they said, uh, oh Nigel, we're so blessed, you know, we've not been Christians very long. He said, I'm a, um, a consultant paediatrician at the London hospital and my wife is a professor of English at Oxford and um, we've met Jesus and we're overjoyed at how Jesus has changed our life. You know, that night when I went to my bed, I remember kneeling down and just saying, God, help me to love you as much as that bishop loved you and to walk with you as closely as that bishop walked with you and for that couple Lord that I had made a judgment about Lord help me to never lose the joy of my salvation so we need to recognize the uh, parts of the body and that's diversity very popular word. There's no more uh, wonderful, diverse group on the face of the earth than the church of Jesus Christ. The New Testament church was a, a, a radical social institution of its day, the most radical social. It broke down the barriers of its day between Jews who were very had a sense of superiority. They thought they were better than others. Jews and Gentiles, free and slaves, male and female. Women were not second class. Thank God in our church we have female elders, female pastors, female leaders. God is wanting to unite all the peoples of the earth into his one, the body of Christ. So we need to see the parts, not just the whole, but then conversely, Paul says we need to see the whole, not just the parts. The whole picture. 
As it is, there are many parts, but one body. I don't know if you've ever been doing a jigsaw and you get to almost the end and one or two pieces are missing. And you know, it's never quite right until you've got those pieces. Maybe you've remodeled a room and you've done much of the work, but it's only when you get the furnishings and the soft furnishings and the lampshades and it's only then that the whole thing comes together. Or sometimes when you've perhaps prepared a beautiful meal, it's just how you've set the table and prepared the meal and it's those finishing touches that complete the picture. I want to say that you are really important to LCF. Your part, your unique part. You see, the church of God, the LCF, is a a mosaic. And God has placed every part in that mosaic to fulfill his picture. I always think it's remarkable when John the Baptist, uh, he said this concerning Jesus. He said, Jesus must increase and I must decrease. Let me just ask you the question, uh, do you mind who gets the credit? You see, I think every one of us needs to be in a place where we want all of the credit to go to Jesus. I remember once uh, being at a, in church and I went to our pianist and after a meeting and I, I just said, do you know Steve, your, the, the way you led us in, on, on the piano today, it was, it was amazing and, uh, thank you so much for that gift that you share with the church. We, you really enabled us to worship and somehow you brought the presence of God and he said, oh Nigel, it wasn't me, it was all the Lord. I said, hang on, Steve, it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. I want to say that let's use our gifts for God. But let's remember that we just surrender them to Jesus. None of us are going to be in our positions forever. Life moves on. Others come. And we are not to serve God in a sense of grasping, Lord, this is my role forever and a day. We serve, we build up God's kingdom, and hopefully we bring on others so that they can find fulfillment and service too. The third thing I want to just say, we must see that you are making things whole. Making things. When we look at the parts, we look at the diversity. When we look at the whole, we're looking at unity. And when we're all building up together that unity, we're looking at solidarity. So you should, there should be no divisions in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one suffers, we all suffer. If one rejoices, we all rejoice. That's called solidarity. That's, that's more than sympathy. It's saying we will serve together. We will bless one another together. We will build one another up. If you Google Noah and Lucas Aldrich, you'll see on YouTube two young brothers. 
One of the brothers is a very able-bodied young boy. His brother has very severe disability. He's unable to, to walk. And it shows that the, uh, the brothers helping one another, they run together, they swim together. He, he pushes his brother in a, in a car. He enters, um, you know, running competitions. And one of the moving bits for me anyway is it shows what a reporter saying to this little 10-year-old uh, brother, you know, you've committed a, a, a completed a really full run today. You've swam, rode a bike, pushed your brother. It must be very difficult for you and running for two. It must be very heavy. He said this, he said, listen, you haven't understood my, he's my brother He's not heavy. He's my brother. One of the remarkable things I think about LCF is the way we do seek to love and support each other. When one is struggling, we try and lift you up. We share one another's burdens and seek to support one another. And that's what solidarity is really about. 89 times in the New Testament it says we are to work together, encourage one another, build each other up. 89 times. I don't know if you ever listened to the TED Talk by Susan Pinker. She says this, called The Secret to Living Longer may be your social life. She goes to the island of Sardinia, and in Sardinia there are more centenarians than anywhere else on earth. It's not the Mediterranean diet or the Mediterranean lifestyle or even the beauty of the uh, Sardinian island. She says out clearly it's their emphasis on close personal relationships and face-to-face interactions. You know, sometimes when someone lives to an old age, we say, oh, it's in your genes. But she says after years of study that it's only 25% of accountable by your genes. 75% is to do with close personal relationships. How remarkable. I want to say to us, as we look through this subject of together, let's go on, pray for LCF every day. Pray for your pastors. Phone one another. Keep in touch with each other, even during uh, lockdown. And in 1 Corinthians 12, let's embrace diversity. Let's celebrate unity. And let's commit to solidarity. Let's embrace diversity. Let's celebrate unity and commit to solidarity. And I pray that as we do that, we will create a beautiful symphony, a sound that will be heard right across uh, Luton and beyond. You know, whenever you hear music, what often it makes you sit up and notice, to listen. And then to join in. And I pray that the sound coming from Luton Christian Fellowship might be one of our unity in Christ, where we embrace diversity, where we celebrate our unity, and where we commit to solidarity.
Lord Jesus, thank you so much for 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and help us to live out this life together and so fulfill and display the love of Christ to everyone. God bless you.